0: Welcome to the Wake and Take Podcast. On today's show, we break down the Vikings' loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks. The good, the bad, and the ugly, we go through it all. Then we talk gopher hoops and the big game tonight against number 13, Illinois. Huge test for your golden gophers. And we wrap the show with a pick segment update. Hit it, Zachary. There is
1: a house in New Orleans They call the rising sun And it's been a ruin of many, a poor boy, and God, I know
0: I've won. And welcome to the show, BG, another tragic week. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings and kickers, it just doesn't go well together at all. I I mean, four missed kicks from Dan Bailey. It wasn't entirely on him, but when you look at at a game that the Vikings end up losing by 12 points, and then you look at the kicker and say, well, he could have had 10 more points. He missed three field goals and an extra point. You start to scratch your head. I mean, we beat them in every statistical category besides the one that matters, the the points, and it still comes up not even being a close game for your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Just uh, honestly, I'm at a loss for words right now, BG. Yeah, I mean... I think we just
2: fell victim to the classic Minnesota sports team where we get a little bit of hope um, even after starting 1-5 in, in the season. So maybe that's our own fault. But we got a little hope for sure uh, with the Vikings late playoff push and being in that last playoff seed with the extended playoffs this season and being in our own destiny, controlling our own destiny, um, and then just the past four games playing four very bad games winning some of them and losing some of them um, as we saw against the Bucks, just a team that played well actually, but just couldn't capitalize whether it was on defense, like you said, Dan Bailey, just another unexcusable performance two weeks in a row. There's something in the water here for Minnesota kickers. I don't know what it is. I don't know what we're going to do with him and what options we have, but two horrible weeks back to back. It's, Certainly unfortunate, and I got my hopes up a little bit too, and I guess we still do have a chance um, with two easy divisional games, or I don't even know if you can say easy with the Vikings team this season, and then Saints, but it it was just a disappointing game for sure, especially when we go into Tampa Bay, although they have very little fans, but to still go in there and definitely outperform kind of dominate them in the first half with our defense playing great, our offense moving the ball, our running game looking phenomenal against one of the top rushing defenses in the league and one of the best quarterbacks. um, Probably, well, obviously the best quarterback, not anymore in the league. But it's just to walk away with that game, and you can only blame yourself for the mistakes that cost you the game. Again, some questionable calls down the stretch with the refs. Uh, Like that first half Hail Mary, which I don't know how you can call a penalty on that, which ultimately gave them three more points. So you're at nine points there um, without that and 10 points by Dan Bailey right off the board. It's just so many different ways the game could have gone. But we got to blame ourselves on this loss. There's so many different points we could have had, not just in the kicking game, too. So another disappointing week. And I think I'm about ready to just throw in the towel. And. Not get my hopes up again.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm not quite there. The Vikings aren't dead yet. We've been close a number of times this this season to saying, yeah, the Vikings are dead. And I'm not going to say it today, because I think still, I mean, we still have a chance to run the table and get in. And I still think if we get to nine wins, I think we got a good chance. I think we got a good chance of getting in. Uh even when you look at at what's left for the Cardinals. I mean, they, they have Philadelphia who's terrible. Uh, San Francisco, who's up and down, obviously really injured team, but they play well at times, and then the Rams to end the season. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to run the table. If they do, obviously, they get to 10 wins, they're getting in. But this Vikings team, they get to nine wins. I still think they have a very good chance of getting in. And, I mean, based on that game, there's not a lot that you can say, like, okay, is this team really going to be able to rattle off three games in a row, three wins in a row, when so many self-inflicting mistakes, I mean, It's been the story of the season. It's maybe been the story of the franchise for this Vikings team is self-inflicting mistakes time after time. And game after game this season, the Vikings have found a way to lose when when it looks like they're going to roll to victories or it looks like they're, I mean, they get off to a tremendous start uh, and then they miss the opening uh, extra point. And that was just really the start of disaster for Dan Bailey and a disaster for the special teams unit. Uh, on the day, and the Vikings just not good enough to overcome those mistakes. I mean, the story of this season has been self-inflicting mistakes on top of three or four questionable, very questionable officiating calls, and then a special teams blunder, a special teams meltdown. That's been the story of this Vikings season so far. I mean, it's been every game almost you have when, when the Vikings lose to good teams or lose to bad teams. What The reason why we lost, self-inflicting mistakes, questionable officiating calls, and a special teams meltdown. Every single game, they followed that template almost identically. And I get it. We've been harping a lot about the officials this year. And I think we've had pretty poor officiating in a number of games. There was four calls in this game where I think you're like, what the hell was that? That was an awful call. Uh, You mentioned the PI on Gronk at the end of the first half. Ridiculous call. They don't ever call that. As a matter of fact, it was the first time a pass interference call has been called on a Hail Mary since 2009. 2009 was the last time that call was made in an NFL football game, and for good reason, for good reason. I mean, that was a ridiculous call they mentioned it on the broadcast. Uh, Mike Pereira, whoever it was, came in and said, that's a bad call, don't like that call at all. Earlier, they have the the, the, the hit on Harrison Smith, uh, which would have brought up a fourth down. Uh, terrible call. Harris p- hits LaShawn McCoy. Harrison hits LaShawn McCoy right with his shoulder and, and then makes contact with the head, but not after. Uh, or bef- I mean, McCoy had already dropped his head. Basically, he was going to the ground. He had dropped his head to lower contact. So did Harrison Smith. That is a clean, legal play. They throw the flag. Bucks end up scoring a touchdown. You mentioned uh, we already talked about the three points they got from the end of the half. That's another seven that, that they would not have had without a very, very bad call on Harrison Smith. Here's Mike Zimmer on that call after the game.
2: Well, it was a fourth down. It would, would have been fourth down. Um, they end up getting the automatic first down on the play and getting a touchdown. So, um, you know, I think those two calls were big, uh, big factors in the changing the way the game was.
0: And the other call he was talking about is the PI at the end of the half. I mean, and it's that's ten points. That is ten points on two calls where you're looking like, where does this come from? I mean, why is that call now for the second week in a row on Harrison Smith being thrown as a flag, and why are they calling P.I. at the end of the half? Again, if the Vikings don't have all those self-inflicting mistakes throughout the day, these penalties don't matter. But they do because we're not good enough to overcome ourselves right now. Uh, And BG, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. He played great. I mean, over 100 yards on this team that doesn't give up more than 74 yards. A game, the Bucks' defense, very good. They sacked Kirk six times, I believe, um, on Sunday. But, I, I mean, still, even with giving up six sacks, we still had a chance. I mean, maybe not as much in that second half of the game because we really had no kicker at that point. Dan Bailey, six consecutive misses um, going back to last week. And, I, I don't know, BG, just a lot, to, a, a lot to, to work through here.
2: Yeah, well, we're on the topic of bad calls. I've got one more to talk about. And this one, I don't know, this one might have pissed me off the most. Actually, uh, they kind of all did, so maybe not. But I'll just say that this one maybe pissed me off the most. And this one wasn't a game changer at all. Would not have changed the drive, most likely. But it was when Chad Beebe was fielding the punt, and he went down. And he's completely down. And then a Buccaneer just launches himself right into Beebe when he's down and there is no call. It's just absolutely unnecessary hit. And another example of the Vikings getting no love from the officials. Like, I couldn't imagine if that was Tyreek Hill being the punt returner or a well-known guy and just the guy who made that hit would be fine 50K. Oh, he'd probably but be
0: kicked out of the game. He might be kicked out of the league yeah, if that's he, you know, he,
2: if that's He'd be Hill. in jail right now. Yeah. But it's just such an illegal hit, and it gets no call. Mm-hmm. And the broadcasters are talking about it. Like you said on the Hail Mary, Joe Buck literally said that's a terrible call. And usually announcers kind of try to stay down in the middle. Mm-hmm. But but like you said, and like I said before, this isn't the reason we lost this game. It could have helped us potentially win this game, but I don't think we can blame it on that. Um, as we said, we lost by 12. Dan Bailey only missed – and I should not say only, but he missed 10 points. Mm-hmm. But still, Still, that's, it's completely completely different ballgame. If he makes those extra points, if he makes those field goals, so say we're down by three or four points, one possession, we're not solely passing the ball like we are when we're down 12 late in the game. And we know how that goes for the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins and the offensive line combination. It does not go well, especially against a great defense like the Buccaneers, a great defensive line. In great secondary that blitzes like Winfield when he got that forced fumble and sack. But if we're down three or four points, we can run the ball. And we're the best rushing team in the NFL. One of the best for sure. Um, and when we have that, the play action works like a charm. So it's a different ball game. And Dan Bailey, I don't know what he's been doing, man, these past two weeks, but he is the guy to blame. He just screwed us. But it's just frustrating because like you said, special teams, special teams and something else. Turnovers, it comes to haunts us haunt us and it sucks when our whole team plays a great game outside the special teams and the offensive line, I guess you could say, um, with putting up six sacks or letting cousins getting sacked six times. But our defense, when they have Tom Brady, Gronk, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and we hold Tom Brady to 192 yards, that's pretty impressive. And Kirk Cousins, he didn't have a great he didn't have a great game and it was a kind of weird game for him because our top two leading receivers were our two tight ends and Kyle Rudolph was injured, but we, we found ways to move the balls, the move the ball when it mattered, whether it was through the air on the ground and we were marching it down the field in the first half and to have one guy kind of ruin that for us, it's too bad to see as a fan. And I know it's frustrating as a player, when you give it your all, and you have playoff implications on the line sitting in that last seed. So just another frustrating Vikings game and one to put past us.
0: Yeah, and something interesting I just stumbled upon here, BG, uh, vikingage.com, uh, this article written by Adam Patrick. He says, did, did the NFL want the Vikings to lose to the Bucks on Sunday That's the title of the article, and he goes through three of the calls we just went through as well as the Jeff Gladney uh, pass interference call where um, I I believe it was Mike Evans slipped on the play. Uh, They uh, they called Gladney for PI interception, uh, erased off the board there on top of the three calls that we just went through, the BB one like you mentioned. Uh, And on top of all of that, I didn't even know this, but NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was in attendance um, at, at Sunday's yeah, game in Tampa Bay. So, all I mean, when you think about all those calls, Roger Goodell being there, obviously the Bucks are huge for TV ratings. Tom Brady is, you know, a walking dollar sign in Tampa Bay for the NFL. So, it, I don't think it's that far out there to, to think that, you know, maybe there are some calls made in this game that, that went the way of the Bucks, uh for NFL reasons, for, for TV reasons.
2: Yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk online as so especially Twitter this NFL season, saying that the NFL is rigged. Um, when you look at some of the spreads that there has been on games and the way that the games have ended and the calls. Um, so it's definitely always up in the air, and I, I kind of like listening to those conspiracy theories. Yeah, totally. I mean, it could happen. Obviously, it happened in the 2002 NBA playoffs against the Kings and Lakers, proven to be rigged um, by the referees. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not always like, you know, just little calls here or there. Absolutely changed games. I mean, those two calls, that's 10 points. You know, the Vikings get those 10 points back. And, and instead of driving at the end of the game to try to get a touchdown and then an onside kick and then another touchdown, they're driving at the end of the game to win the game. And that's a completely different uh, scenario for Kirk Cousins in this offense and a scenario that I now feel comfortable with Kirk And I honestly think, I mean, the way he played on Sunday, I thought one of his best games as a Minnesota Viking. I mean, he was a dual-threat quarterback at times on Sunday. We were calling called quarterback run on third and short, where Kirk was, (laughs) you know, dropping back two steps and then taking off up the middle like Josh Allen. I mean, when have we ever seen Kirk that comfortable with the ball in his hand? Uh, The answer is probably never. So, I mean, good to see from Kirk Cousins. Uh, BG, anything else uh, wrapping up this Vikings loss on Sunday?
2: Not about the Vikings, but I think another important game for us down the stretch, obviously the Saints, but also that Bears game. Um, The Bears, same record as us, they could potentially find their way with a backdoor sneak into the playoffs. Uh, They looked very good this past weekend against the bad Texans team, but Trubisky, if he's hot, who knows? He was once a good quarterback, and Vikings have struggled against him, so can't take any of the games down the road for granted.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go through the um, NFC, uh, you know, playoff race right now. Seahawks are in the fifth spot at nine and four. Bucks obviously now moving up to the sixth spot at eight and five. Actually staying in the sixth spot at eight and five, but moving a game ahead of the Cardinals at seven and six. Vikings dropping down to six and seven uh, with the Bears at six and seven. They're in the eighth and ninth spot. Then um, Detroit at 10, five and eight. 11 is the 49ers and 12 is the New York Giants also at 5 and 8. So those are the like the 12 uh the top 12 I guess in the NFC uh in the hunt. You could even throw the the Eagles in there at 4-8 and 1. Um but really you look at the Cardinals right now and assuming the Vikings win on Sunday beat the Chicago Bears, get to 7 and 7, move a game ahead of the Bears, then you're really just looking at the Cardinals. Are they going to, you know, hopefully uh lose to the Rams at the end of the season, but they're likely going to beat the Eagles this next week and get to eight and six. And then it just, we'll see what happens with San Francisco and LA to end the season. Uh, But BG, how confident are you that the Vikings still have a chance to sneak in?
2: I'm not, I'm not too confident. I think I kind of talked about it earlier. We have the saints, which is going to be a very hard win um, against new Orleans. I think the Cardinals also have a a tough last game of the season against the Rams, but right now, if we both lose those games, uh, meaning that if we lose against Saints, if the um, Cardinals lose against the Rams, we're still out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it will then be the next two games of the season. I think we'll easily go past the Lions, but I think the Bears' game might be a little closer. With, they're in the playoff hunt too, so I, that's not a gimme either. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm, I'm just hoping, but I'm on the outside looking in, I think.
0: Yep, certainly. I mean, we went from like, I think if, you, if we had won that game, we went to like a 70%, 60 70% chance of making the playoffs uh, to, to dropping to 6 and 7. I think we're at a 17% chance uh, of making the well, playoffs right now. So we finished the season in Chicago, New Orleans, at Detroit. Um, Bears are at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, and then home against Green Bay. So that, I mean, that's going to be still a tough end of the season for the Bears having to, you know, face the Packers, but maybe in a game that's meaningless for the Packers. uh, We'll see what happens, but currently they're sitting at that number one seed and if they get another game uh, of room, then that game might be meaningless and it could be an easy win for the Bears. So yeah, there definitely is some concern with the Bears in that nine spot tied with us at six and seven. BG, anything from the NFL around the NFL um, that you noticed this weekend or any takes?
2: Nope, that's all I got, I think. Uh, I guess Trubisky went off, but Mm -hmm. that happens once every blue moon, so I guess got to talk about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and Josh Allen, too, and those Bills. How about them? They're now contenders, at least. Fun to see. uh, In in the AFC, I think. Uh, They could have a chance. I I don't think I would pick them over the Chiefs at this point, but I think they have a chance, uh, maybe the best chance, to knock off the Chiefs. Let's move into a little bit of gopher football here, BG. Uh, I didn't watch a single snap of the game. I don't think you did either, Uh, but Gophers won. They beat Nebraska 24-17, and now we're on to Axe Week. Uh, Rescheduled Wisconsin Badgers. Here we go, BG. The axe is up for battle, and I'm definitely going to be watching this game. Anytime we got Wisconsin uh, on deck, it's going to be a fun one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I honestly can't say if I'm going to watch a snap of it. I sure didn't last week against Nebraska. Um, I saw, obviously, we came away with the win, didn't know until after the game was over and didn't even know what time we played at. But, I mean, <laughs> it was a good win because we had 33 players out, or 33 on the team. Maybe that includes uh, coaches. Mm-hmm. But um, Big Ten win is a Big Ten win. But, yeah, the the battle for the axe is a great matchup each year. But I just, for some reason, I'm not drawn into the Gophers this season. I think much of it has to do with COVID kind of being on again and off again and on again, off again, like the big 10 we've come known as kind of struggled with that this whole season. Mm -hmm. And we got our boy Bateman not on the team anymore. So, um, we'll we'll see how the game goes. I don't know how many guys on the Gophers are going to play or if we still have some guys out. So I think this is going to be a checking the score after the game for me, which I know sounds bad because we are playing the Badgers, but I mean, I think that's how
1: yeah, it's
0: gonna be. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, it is kind of a lost season, and there was definitely a lot of, I mean, especially when you look back to what happened last season, the best gopher football season in 100-plus years, get to 9-0, beat Penn State, and all the excitement that followed with that season. You get the big bowl win over Auburn uh, on New Year's Day. And, and, I mean, it's hard to follow up that season, especially when you don't have fans in the stands, and especially when the Gophers are losing games, and losing games ugly and so but I mean this game BG oldest rivalry in football the Badgers have been kicking our ass for 20 years I, I think we're like 1 in 15 in the last you know 16 games or something like that we we've won one time and you know basically since we've been alive so for that reason I mean it, it gets me going I'm definitely going to be watching this game if I'm not at work and I'll be fired up I love beating the Badgers I love beating Wisconsin and anything and it's border battle time so let, let's go let's go Gophers let's row the boat sky you let's uh Get a win, send out 2020 right. Yeah, there's uh, no
2: better to, better team to beat as your last game, more so than the Badgers. Just that, uh, maybe Iowa, but mm-hmm. um, I'd I'd love a Gophers dub against the Badgers I mean, this
0: weekend. Yeah, that's a good question. Though. Go, who would you rather beat? I I, I think yeah. probably Wisconsin, just because historically we've been so bad against them uh, in the last 20 years, but. Yeah, it's a good question. Let's move on to Gopher Hoops here. The Hoops team, 6 0, and they got a big one tonight, BG, against number 13, Illinois. And it'll be my first time watching Illinois play this season. I believe they start five guards, and I think that'll be an incredible matchup for this Gopher's team. See how they hold up against really one of the best teams in the country.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they start four guards, and then they have Kofi Coburn, if you know him. Mm hmm. Who is just a trunk, a wooden tree trunk of a man? He's got to be six ten and two hundred.
0: Yep, yep, you're right. Ca- Seventy pounds with yeah. not an
2: ounce of fat on him.
0: Yeah, I forgot about um, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: he's still around, and he'll be their big guy going up against Liam Robbins, which is going to be quite the surprise for Robbins, I believe, who had twenty seven points in the last game um, the Gophers played but obviously not against a team like Illinois. And I've had the chance to watch Illinois two times now. And they're a very talented team, obviously, and they're a very deep team. Um, Kofi Coburn, like I mentioned, and then the Big Ten preseason first-teamer, uh, Io I cannot remember his last name, Jasunmi or something like that. He is a point guard for them. He is mm-hmm. extremely good, a great shooter, great athlete. Um, and he's returning for the, uh, for Illinois. So I, I think that this is going to be a wake-up call for the Gophers team, kind of barely squeaking past some of the teams that we've played early on in the season. And I hope I am wrong, but I do not expect this to be close. It'll be interesting to see how the new guys on our team do against Big Ten play. We obviously know Marcus Carr will put up some points. But seeing quality players like Booth Gotch, Liam Robbins, like we said, um, Jamal Maspern Jr. And the rest of the crew, I'm forgetting. Just see how they do against Big Ten play. And this is a huge, huge Big Ten team to start off the, the season or the league with. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to that more so than the Gophers winning because I honestly don't think that's going to happen. But just seeing how our younger guys and our transfers perform because that's going to be huge for us this rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. A good mindset going into this one because it could be a blowout, but it's going to be fun to see how this team, how the transfers, how everything holds up against one of the best teams in the country, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, and they're very talented, like you mentioned. So it'll be fun to see. it would be very fun to see. And another note, Jarvis Omarsa coming back on the show. We don't have a date yet, but he'll be back on the show. He comes off the bench for this Gophers squad Brings a lot of energy, gets above the rim, can throw down some nasty dunks. So we'll be talking to him soon, but wishing him the best of luck tonight against number 13, Illinois, fighting Illini. BG, go ghosts. Pick segment recap. Um, BG, you won the week. You and Zach both three and two. We're both tied at the top of the league now, 19, 15 and one. I was two and three this week. So was um, Randy, I believe. Uh, so you and me, top of the league, 19, 15, and 1. Andy in second at 18, 15, and 2. And then Zach at 15 and 16, uh, currently bringing up the rear on pick segment. couple weeks to go. Yeah,
2: still close. Anybody's race yeah. um, as we go down the, the closing stretch. And, we're, I mean, we're all doing pretty good, 3 or 4 above 500. And Zach bringing up the rear, 15 and 16, barely behind 500 so i'd say that's pretty good for us um without doing too much research or anything just kind of off the cusp
0: yeah i mean that's exactly how i do it every week we pick games and we you know we pretty much pick them right there we pick what games we're going to do and then we take a winner uh but yeah you're right above 500 that's you know that's good for any pick segment so we'll take it we'll we'll see what we end up at the end of the year Alrighty, that'll do it for the show today. We'll be back later this week recapping, or rather previewing all the games for next weekend. See you guys then.
1: What day is it? And in what my hunt, this clock never seems so alive. I can't keep up, and I can't back down. I've been losing so much time. It's you and me And all the people With nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you What are the things That I want to say Coming, all right. I'm tripping on words. You got my head spinning. I don't know where to go from here. Cause it's you and me. And I love the people with nothing to do,
0: nothing
1: to prove. And it's you and me. And I love the people, and I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you. Something about you now I can't quite figure out. Everything she does is beautiful. Everything she does is right it's you and me and all love the people with nothing to do nothing to lose and it's you and me and all love the people and i don't know why i can't keep my eyes off of you and me and all love the with nothing to do nothing to prove and it's you and me and all other people and i don't know why i can't keep my eyes off of you what day is it and in what my heart this clock never seemed so alive